Hey, this is Nathan Ray. This is Rosie Capongo. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very tired. I just woke up half an hour ago. Okay. <laughs> Late morning then. Yeah, very much. Yeah, it's awesome. How do we know each other? Uh, from Hybrid and Vanguard, actually. Do you remember how we met or what your first impression of me was? Um, I don't remember my first impression, but I do know we met through Meko, Sami Meko. Um, yeah. We were friends with him, and then you came around, and then I met you at Hybrid, and then figured out you go to Vanguard as well. So we just kind of mutual friends brought us together. I, I would say I don't remember our first meeting either, which is fairly unusual. Uh, typically, these things tend to stand out to me a little bit more. But I, I do remember one of the defining moments for me in shaping my impression of you was learning that uh, you were preaching at Hybrid. And I kind of thought mm -hmm. to myself, oh, this is a woman pastor. That's an interesting uh, thing because there's this whole debate in Christianity about whether women can be pastors. Uh, I think obviously we're on the side of yes. And I would say watching you preach, watching your style of preaching, that really helped shape my worldview in that regards of theology. Mm -hmm. I've asked you how you're doing today. How's God been working in your life over the last week? How has God been working? Um, man, it's, it's an interesting time. So that's a great question. How's God working in my life while we're in the quarantine and things are closed down? I feel like the Lord is just really challenging me to be very, in this time, very just intentional about my time. And so time management is, has been huge for me and what I choose to do with my time because there's so much time now that things are shut down and people have been temporarily laid off because of COVID. And so I've just been really challenged in this season to manage my time well. Just because we have so much time does not mean we shouldn't, we should waste it either. So I feel like this is a season where anything, any projects I've wanted to work on, anything that's been on my heart, I have now the time to pour into that and to steward that well. So that, that would be the biggest thing I think that the Lord's been teaching me is the time portion to work on the things that I've had on my heart and not just be like, oh, well, I have no time. I have school. It's just really to pour in my time into the, those things. And now is the time really to do all those things. And then the second thing may seem a little bit cliche, but even the quality of time in his presence, whereas before it'd be like, I have so much in my calendar that I'd start off the day with the Lord and it'd kind of be scheduled. But now it's just like, man, just find him in everything, you know, like on walks, while even if I am doing work in that as well. So I'm starting to see that my quality of time with the Lord has kind of increased because I have to do it. I'm finding creative ways to do it rather than the traditional sitting down reading my Bible, which is still good. But now I'm just like, okay, how can I get more creative with my time with the Lord and do a little bit more than I did before? And so those, I would say, are the two biggest things that the Lord has been teaching me right now in this season. And so if I might ask, uh, what kind of stuff are you working on right now that you didn't have the free time to do before? And how are you integrating your relationship with God in those things? Yeah, I think um, one thing that I can say that I've been working on that I've wanted to for a while is apologetic studies. And so that's something that I wanted to do ever since I graduated with my bachelor's was going to apologetics, but I had no time. I was a new graduate. I wanted to work. Um, and so now that work hours are very much cut down. I find myself that that's something that I always wanted to do. So I just decided to start jumping into it and I love it. And so that was one thing. And finding God in that 
it's the defense of the gospel, basically. So I'm just learning so much. I'm learning a lot about God's wisdom and the wisdom of God in that you don't have to check your brain at the door when you believe in the gospel of Christ. And this course, these courses that I'm taking very much show me that, that there's a lot of wisdom in the gospel that people don't really tap into because we're, we're very much spiritual when it comes to the gospel of Christ. But Paul says this, that Jesus is both the wisdom and the power of God. And so there's that wisdom portion that I feel like people lack in sometimes, which is why I wanted to study apologetics, because I deal a lot with young adults. And so I really want to know that portion and be able to speak to them on their level as well. And so that's one passion project of mine that I've gotten into that I'm finding a lot of God in. So right now you're just in the phase of consuming this knowledge. Are you, say, writing a curriculum as well? No, I wouldn't say I'm writing a curriculum yet. I think that'd be a little premature because I'm still studying it, still learning it. And I think there's great curriculums already out there. Like Alpha is amazing. They have a lot of apologetic stuff. And Rabbi Zacharias Ministries also has a lot of apologetics courses. I don't feel the need right now to write a curriculum. Maybe in the future, who knows if God calls me to that. But right now, I'm really just enjoying learning from the greats and the people that have already done that work and just consuming the knowledge from them and seeing the way that they do things because apologetics is very different from the other offices of ministry you really do need to know your stuff when it comes to philosophy and science you need to know a little bit of that stuff too and so it's a little different but it's good I'm learning I would just say I'm a student right now in that phase and I'm learning I think for myself you're talking about how God has been working in your life in a very general manner for me Over the last week, God worked in my life in a very specific manner. My roommate, our mutual friend, uh, Samir McConan, he ended up moving out of the house a couple days ago, which is fine. He's he's living with his family now. He's he's doing his own thing. I'm kind of left on my own, though. And so that means uh, the full weight of expenses has been shifted on to me. And so there was this... This period of questioning as to how long would I have to go being on my own? How long would I have to go in searching for another roommate? Uh, How much longer can I continue this before I completely drain my finances? And I, I believe it was the day before Sammy left. I got a call from our mutual friend, Caleb Sarecki. And he said, hey, man, I'm looking to move out of my parents' place. Uh, I heard that you were uh, looking for a roommate. You want to see if we can arrange something uh, so that I can move to your place? And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure. Let's let's do that. And then once I hung up, I was like, yes! Yes! Thank you, God! <laughs> that was pretty awesome. No, that's great. That is amazing to hear. I love that. And it just goes to show that God cares for our needs and not just the needs that's like, oh, like make me more like Jesus, but also the needs, your financial needs, um, your needs for provision, your needs to live. You know, he cares about those two. And that that's just an evidence of that. And that's amazing. That's amazing that God used your relationships to bring someone else to you right at the moment you needed it. So that's really awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yes. So in uh, these projects that you're focusing on, does one of them happen to be known as crossover? (laughs) Yes, I think anyone who knows me knows that Crossover is a forever project of mine. I think that like it will stick with me, even if I don't even end up doing it 20 years from now, it will always be something that sticks with me. Even in Um, heaven? Yeah, yeah, even in heaven, you know, like the Lord will say, good, well done. I hope he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant for everything that I'm doing. But yeah, Crossover is just, that is kind of like, I say my life project, because that one is not something that like an apologetics course, I will take, finish, and get like a piece of paper on one day, you know? 
It's something that requires discipleship. It requires planting. It requires sowing and growing. It's so ongoing. I don't even know the fullness of what it's going to end up to be, but I just know it's something that I have to continue with and kind of steward and really be um, not persistent. That's not the word, but enduring in. I have to really be in it for the long haul because it's a big dream. It's a big vision. But yes, crossover is always a project that I'm working on all the time, 24-7. So yeah. What would you best describe crossover as? What's your 30-second pitch for it? <laughs> My 30-second pitch? Um, I would, yeah, I would describe it as the vision for crossover is basically we want to see a movement of young adults where they are giving their yes to God now. So not like, okay, when I'm done with high school or when I'm done um, with my career or whatever, like you're giving your yes to God now and you're leading with that yes in the movement that God has called you to. And so basically what that means, I was very general with that because you asked for a short description, but if I can go a little bit in detail, if that's okay. Yep, go so. Yeah, so in detail with that, basically the giving the yes means that we want to see young adults saved and not saved to just say, yeah, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but transformation. And when you give that yes to God, there's something, there's an action portion to that. I truly believe in the faith without works is dead. And so when you give your yes to God, that's one portion, you're acknowledging him. And then the transformation part is that now you have to live that out. You have to work out your salvation. And so in doing that, I believe that God has called every person to something, right? The line that we hear most often is that you are created on purpose for a purpose. And so I believe whatever that's called to be, and it doesn't have to be ministry. I think a lot of people assume that when you give your yes to God, now you have to go preach somewhere. That could be true, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in ministry. If ministries are called, that's fine. But I truly believe that the movement that crossover was created for is for the doctors, is for the teachers, is for the everyday folks that do regular society things that God wants to use them for movement. Because really, even what I do in preaching, I'm preaching to the common day people. I'm preaching to teachers, I'm preaching to doctors, I'm preaching to members of the congregation who aren't in ministry, but go back to society and do pivotal things. Like an example we see right now is essential workers. Now everyone's seeing the importance of what they do because they're needed. And I feel like I've always felt like members of society were needed. Whether you're a garbage man, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an engineer, I've always felt like they are needed in the kingdom of God as well. And I just feel like crossover was meant to show these people how powerful they can be if they become Jesus leaders at their workplaces and in their spheres of influence. It'd be so powerful to see a teacher who feels just the call of God to teach, yes, but also do it in a Christ-like way where they're bringing their students to Christ. And that's a hard environment to do that in now, since we're in a no tolerance environment, we're in a everyone gets offended by anything that you say. But I truly believe that the Lord wants to bring about a movement in society where the people of society are leading that movement and no longer these mega pastors or anything like that. And so that's the long term, <laughs> I just explained to you the long term, short term and little general um, snippet for crossover. But that's truly what I believe that God has called this movement to is for that. And so how do you plan on going about doing that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it. There's a lot, a lot of moving pieces that I'm currently working on now. But the major, major thing is going to be universities. Universities are the key, what I believe is the key to this. And this is, this is why I study apologetics, because I feel like universities are, is going to be the key to unlock all of this. Because universities carry the future for five to 10 years. The future is in our universities, because this is where the next people that are going to be the world leaders are trained and they study. These are where our next doctors are going to be. These are where our next politicians are going to be. And so universities and schools are a major, major hub that I feel like are not as reached as other ministries. 
And to explain that, what I mean by that is that we rarely see churches in universities, correct? Yes. Churches usually have their own buildings and you come there, whether you're an adult, young adult, or teenager. But the reason why I say church in universities, because we know that church is really the body of Christ. It's not really your brand. It's the body of Christ. There's no other brand for churches than Jesus Christ. And so I feel like if there's more church hubs on each university campus where we get a group of students who are passionate about the gospel, and then they lead that on their campuses, and they bring these other students that they're taking courses with, even their professors even, and just create this place of worship and of the word at their campuses. I truly believe that we can bring knowledge-filled people who are skilled in their field, but who love the Lord and who can go lead that movement into their workplaces, into society. And so that's the major key. That takes a lot of discipleship. That takes a lot of time because you also have to, it's a lot of lobbying with these schools because most of them don't want these religious groups doing stuff like that. And so that's a huge barrier to break in these schools. But I do believe that if I'm able to break that crossover, even anybody else, that is a powerful, powerful tool to see that movement happen. So is this going to be done through study groups? Is it going to be done through revival meetings? Uh, Is it going to be done through campus ministry? Yeah, there's several ways it can be done. It can be done in all of those ways. But the thing is, um, I haven't really ever seen a model that has worked in the way that I'm thinking. And so it's really just trial and error at this point. I can't really say to you for sure how it's going to be because that's what we're trying to figure out. And there's a lot of, like, I I just want to say also, it's not that there's no ministries on campuses. There's a lot. There's a lot of churches that go into campuses, pick some kids up with a bus and go to their young adults groups. So there's stuff like that. But what I'm talking about is an on-campus presence weekly, literally a campus church. And so I haven't seen that model done as of yet. And so we'll see, like, it, it really just depends what we try and what works, what the Lord guides us in. I don't have too many details on that yet, but I will say that we are working on it. Have you uh, done any experimentation? Yes, yes. Um, Working with different ministries who are already on campuses, doing Christian outreach already, and talking to them and seeing what they feel in their years of experience has worked, and just really just conversations mostly. Nothing has been started as of yet. What would you say was like the origin point for Crossover, and what inspired you to take the ministry in the direction that it's in right now? Crossover did not originate with me. I know a lot of people meet me and they're like, wow, you started this whole thing. But I actually did not start it. I really need to give honor to the leaders that started this because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And the only reason why I'm able to see further and farther in this is because someone else um, had the courage to plant and I'm just here to water and someone else maybe will grow in the future. And so I really have to give credit to Pastor Andy Jonas in this because when he first came to hybrid, crossover was his birth baby. (laughs) Technically, so he wanted a conference. His vision for it was kind of to mix the East and the West, second generation immigrants who came here but grew up in Canada, but their culture is from somewhere else. And he really wanted them to have a leg to stand on in a place where culture can mix and not conflict. And there could be unity with the Western culture and the Eastern culture with still keeping values from both. And so that's kind of like the vision that he had for it. And to take that everywhere, to make that also nationwide and worldwide to bring that everywhere. And so when he left, he left it in the hands of Pastor Sami Teka, which is your pastor currently. And I worked with him on that my first year at Hybrid back in, man, 2014, 2015. 
and worked with him on it. And I ended up being really good at that ministry and organizing the conference and figuring out vision and all that stuff. And so when Sam took on the role of senior pastor of Hybrid, he gave me the role for crossover. And so it was just crossover at the time because Hybrid didn't really have anything else going on but that really. And then it expanded into other things. And as I took it over the years, the pivotal moment to where I realized that crossover was just bigger than a conference um, was when I went to 21 Project in Hawaii last year. And that was when the Lord really spoke to me and was like, number one, you need to be doing this full time because I have a vision for this. And number two, this is what it needs to be. And so that's when the vision and mission started to change for me for Crossover, taking it from just being a conference into really a movement that young people can take a hold of and run with. And so that's where I'm at with it now. And so a lot of the changes that has happened has been within the last year. And I've been part of Crossover over for five six years now so it's just getting started yeah and it's just literally just getting started I feel like it's a brand new thing if you you were at the past crossovers and if anyone else was it's very different now from what it was back then and anyone can say that it's completely changed and so for the better too so we'll see what the Lord does with it what do you think uh, going forward the challenges will be for you in getting this done? Not just like in terms of convincing universities to let crossover be a thing, but also in reaching the audience that you want crossover to be a part of. Uh, because like right now, our generation is very post-truth, post-modern, does not care about religion. How do you deal with that challenge? That's where the apologetic stuff comes in, because that's honestly what that specializes in. It's trying to reach a culture that feels like God is just a spiritual thing and it doesn't fit into everyday life. And that's what apologetics is there for. It's actually giving a defense to say, no, actually, you're wrong. God is a part of every part of your day, like every aspect of life has God in it. And so that's why I feel like anybody, not just crossover, not just for me, but anybody who wants to do anything with young adults or young people, you have to have that portion in there. Because regardless of if you believe in apologetics or not, you are dealing with apologetics most of the time, especially with talking with unbelievers, because they will ask you questions, they will challenge what you believe. And really, people think it's just arguing and debates, but really, it's being able to really explain your faith and know what you believe for yourself even. It's more about you being more firm in your faith so that you're able to give an account to someone else or explain it to someone else. Some people don't even know how to explain the simple gospel to someone. Some people don't even know how to explain the Trinity to someone. And so these are the basic things of apologetics. And I feel like that is why that is a huge portion of what I'm just working on for myself is because that is going to be key in getting these this generation to realize you need God. You may think that you don't, but when you break it down, you do. And parts of people do believe in God, but they just don't know it. They think that it's karma, or they think that it's their intuition, or they think that it's this, but really, it's God. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge portion, is coming down to their level of understanding and elevating that level up so that they come into a godly understanding of things. Beyond that, beyond the need for apologetics, do you see any other needs uh, of our generation, spiritual needs that uh, crossover could also meet? Yeah, there's so much. The two that I was praying for in starting this and continuing crossover in the vision, I saw two very key things and even talking to people already working in universities, this is a common thing. Loneliness is huge for our generation, for younger people. It's coming to the age where you are not yet an adult, but you're coming into that. And so a lot of people find themselves very lonely because they realize the relationships they had as kids were not um, as deep as they wanted it to be or as they believed it to be. And so now they're searching for real connection, uh, real friendship, real love even. 
and they're finding that nobody really understands them the way that they want to be understood. And so there's a huge overlying sense of loneliness. And then also suicide. Many people don't know that, but suicide is one of the leading causes of death of young people. And so suicide is a huge thing. And actually, TJ, very amazing guy that I've gotten the chance to work with in the past year, prophesied over Crossover and said there's going to be an anointing over it for suicide specifically. And I really feel that because that's something that I pray a lot over. That's part of even my testimony and a lot of people's testimony that I know that are my age is that like when you lose your sense of purpose, you don't see the value in living and people don't realize it. But one of the core parts of suicide is that you've lost hope. You've lost your sense of hope. And so you don't see a hope for the future. You don't see a purpose in living anymore. And so I really feel like crossover is also going to restore some of that hope with people because as soon as you discover what your purpose is in Christ you you have like this newfound view on life you're just like man I gotta like life has so much to offer because this is what I'm called to do and so and obviously there's a lot of stuff in there with identity in Christ and all that good stuff but I feel like those two core things have been the, the common denominator no matter where I go in whatever context and so yeah I would say those are my two biggest things we're on a very tight schedule. Technically speaking, we're over time. Before we finish off, is there anything that you want to plug? Any events, any ministry resources? Yes, huge fan of Preston Perry is one of the people I follow a lot for apologetics. I know everyone knows Ravi Zacharias, but if you don't know him, Preston Perry stuff is really, really, really good because he's younger. He's a little more urban. And I like the way that he approaches apologetics because it really attracts that urban culture. And so check that out if you are interested in apologetic studies at all. And also Crossover 2020 is going to be November 13th to the 14th. And so I know it's crazy right now. We're not necessarily allowed to gather more than 50 people in one room. And so we're just playing it by ear. We're going to see what the government says because November is a long time from now. But right now we're going to keep it at 50% capacity and praying that that grows over time so that we can meet hopefully at full capacity but whatever it's going to be I know the Lord's going to move mightily and even if it's a few it can just be upper room style you know we could just go intimate and just experience the Lord but yeah that'll be November 13th to 14th you can go on Eventbrite and find that on there with some information we also have a sign up website for partnering and what that means is that we need some resources we need to build a team and stuff like that all that takes money and all that takes uh, a lot of resources and hand work we need workers and so yes if you want to partner with Crossover just go on that it's all on our Instagram page Crossover Canada and check that out if you feel led to so yeah so where is this uh, crossover event going to be held it's going to be in calgary this year we've done it in edmonton for the past like seven plus years and so i really really strongly felt that it needs to be in this city specifically and so yeah it's going to be in calgary at journey church the address is on our facebook it's on our instagram it's on the website it's on eventbrite so you can find it literally anywhere that crossover is posted you'll find the address okay uh that should be everything for now See you guys later. Yes, thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for coming. This has been Because We're Not the Same, a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray, with special guest Rosalind Capongo. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.